This is the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast. If you're looking to explore Sierra Leone and understand its culture and its people, you've come to the right place. On every show, you'll meet Sierra Leonean creatives and entrepreneurs overcoming challenges and beating the odds. They are artists, filmmakers, musicians, chefs, writers, storytellers, and designers leading Sierra Leone's orange economy, both at home and from the diaspora. I'm your host, Vicky Rameau, journalist, entrepreneur, and community builder on a mission to expand Sierra Leone's presence on the web. Hashtag Make Sierra Leone Famous. The other voice you'll hear on Make Sierra Leone Famous is sound engineer and producer Franklin Bob McEwen at VRNC Marketing Company in Freetown, where this show is mixed and mastered. Now, make the show begin. you think of the size of some of the empires, like the, the Songhai Empire, the Mali Empire, all the trading that they used to do, what are they supposed to do? Just memorize it? You know, all your business transactions? I mean, these were, they have, you know, they had courts, they had all sorts of things going on. You can't just memorize that stuff. So there must have been some way of writing it. Obviously, you know, if they were Muslim, maybe they had Arabic, but they also had, you know, indigenous scripts that are way older. I mean, all this you know, civilization began in Africa. Writing systems began in Africa. But, you know, we don't learn this, especially when you're educated in the in the West. And I thought I was educated, but apparently I wasn't, you know, because I don't know anything about um, our own history. And so I, I love to, to include that sort of thing in my work. Like at the last exhibition, I had a painting about um, mitochondrial Eve, you know, the, the first woman that, you know, really gave birth to pretty much the whole of humanity. And it can be true. If everybody traces their DNA back, it comes back to this one woman, you know, and this is an African woman. Today on the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast, I'm talking to a woman who has made it possible for artists in Sierra Leone to not just value their work, but to also have a way to showcase their work by curating um, exposés and exhibitions for contemporary Sierra Leonean artists. Um, in 2013, she founded the Barre Arts Collective, which is a collective that includes 15 local artists in Sierra Leone. And every year they hold two group exhibitions, the last of which I was at this December. Uh -huh. um, and the theme of that one was indestructible. And it was at Toma Hotel. And um, yeah, it's just like an amazing community that she's been able to create. But most importantly, she's also an artist. I mean, a lawyer slash artist, okay? Making a living in those two worlds. I can't even imagine what that's like. Uh -huh. Our guest for today is um, Hawa Jane Bangura, founder of the Barriats Collective, artist um, and a lawyer in Sierra Leone. So, how are Thank you for where you don't come now we show. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me, Vicky. Lovely to see you. You too. Okay, so first let's start with right now. Um, so just this past week, um, I saw your work. Um, I don't remember the name of that, but I remember the painting because I saw it. Um, I saw the actual painting in Freetown at your last, um, in the exhibit that you held in December. Um, tell me 
how you've been able to enter into the NFT arts world because this is yeah. just an emerging um, trend in the last right. like, years. NFT for art has like blown up. And really, people have yeah, it's really exciting. Overnight. How have you been it's, able to yeah. enter into um, NFT? And um, what's the emerging scene, at least on the continent? And is this something that you feel like Sierra Leonean artists can really um, take Absolutely. advantage of? Yeah. Um, well, I was invited to be part of another collective, and so I did the NFTs. Um, the first one that I did, I wasn't so keen on it. You know, when they asked me, I said, you know, I don't do digital art. It's not my thing. And, you know, they said, you don't, don't actually have to be a digital artist to be part of it. You can create a digital copy of your own paintings. So I did that. And um, it was in this marketplace. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. Um, and like, really, literally within an hour, my painting sold. You know, so that was, I found that kind of exciting, you know. And, um right. So then I, I did another three um, for a another marketplace called Maker's Place, and um, they got a lot of um, exposure, and um, I sold one at the end of last year, and the other two we're still uh, working on. But it's, it's a lot more than um, just making sales, because um, being part of the NFT world, I mean, you get to meet other NFT artists, and also when you're preparing your own work, um, you can, you know, change it a little bit to make it into an M NFT. I mean, you can change it a thousand times. You can have, uh, you know, several different copies of it. So it, it's a different way of exploring your work as well and um, making changes to it. Um, and um, it's just, it's a whole new marketplace. And I think it would be great for a Sierra Leonean artist to be part of that. The, so, the, um, I mean limitations that we might have i think probably um with cryptocurrency that might be a bit of a problem you know because even i've had a hard time you know trying to get hold of cryptocurrency uh like for example in order to maybe buy other people's work or to um mint stuff and things like that to pay for um the the costs of of putting an nft into the marketplace Right. Um, okay. So this is probably the first conversation that anyone is having to Sierra Leonean or for Sierra Leonean audience about NFT and art. So maybe we should like back up a little bit. Okay, please, <laughs> don't, don't, I'm not an expert on this either. No, 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 so no, 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 no. Um, I'm going to be limited. <laughs> No, no, I totally understand how like the blockchain and the NFT and the uh, Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, but exactly. tell me, of... tell me, I mean, at least, you know, enough, have enough knowledge to have been able to place your art, to sell your art and to get the exposure. So tell me about the process. Like if somebody wanted to get started today, like local artists in Sierra Leone, um, yeah. What What are some of the basic things they need to know about NFT and um, with regards to like art sales <laughs> or um, getting into a marketplace? Um, well, to be honest, I as I said, I'm working with another collective, and that's you know the the um, person that runs that collective is the one who's really been involved in doing all the um, technical stuff in terms of like minting an NFT. I think it. it obtains like a special and individual 
um, identification number to ensure that it is an, a unique and um, original piece created by the person who claims to have created it. Um, and that's another process that, you know, it's, I don't know, I don't know the ins and outs of right. that. So there the key part is the participates, basically joining a collective, right? So like an Africa no, NFC collective. Okay. No, no, you can do it on your own. I mean, I, you can, there are different uh, marketplaces. I mean, people need to do research on these things. Like there's um, OpenSea Foundation and, you know, Maker's Place and different um, marketplaces. You can explore those. You need to have a crypto wallet though um, for, I guess, making uh, transactions. Um, but um, I don't think you need to pay upfront in order to have mm -hmm. something on, you know, on one of the marketplaces. But I think it's when you're selling, when you're transacting, that you do need to have um, access to cryptocurrency to do that. I may be wrong. I don't know. Okay. The Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast is made possible by Dots Blue. With its certified air freight service, Dot Blue is the easy and affordable way to ship to Salon from the US or from the US to Salon. No need to wait till someone is going home. Dot Blue will deliver your next package to Sierra Leone in 15 days or less. To ship with Dot Blue, contact us on WhatsApp on plus one two four zero four six zero two zero five six or plus two three two eight eight three one three 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 zero in sierra leone you can find our office at 17a wallace johnson street in freetown fly and go with dots blue we go deliver for you d-o-t-b-l-e-u dot com Right. No, I know it is very new and um, yeah. it's also, it's very new and very novel. And um, I, I feel like we still don't know where it's going to go. There are lots of opportunities, but with everything that's emerging, sometimes it's like mm -hmm. it, it moves faster than like before yeah. you even know what's happening. Like the industry is changing, the marketplace is right. changing. There's so much going on. So it's still emerging, but I think that it's just great that you're a pioneer already in this space so that the further along you get, I know that because of your work with the collective, it means that other people in the collective who might want to um, get into NFTs automatically, you know, will have a point of reference to you because, you know, you're so, already yeah. getting your, your, your feet in the water. Okay, what has been the most um, rewarding part of creating uh, the Barry Barry Collective? Okay, um, I have to say that I didn't create it on my own. There were at least two of us um, together who co-founded this. This happened in about maybe 2013 or so. I had a friend of mine, we always talk about art and um, eventually we started bringing artists together and, um, you know, practicing, you know, drawing and um, talking about art, exchanging ideas and things like that, supporting each other. And um, then, you know, we met this other artist. Well, he came here to do some work on um, Ebola, 
um, art therapy. Um, and he's now like a world famous artist. He's been on the cover of Time magazine, on Oprah show and things like that. His name is Nelson McConnell. So he really sort of encouraged us. And, you know, we saw the kind of success that he had already achieved at that point. And it sort of like sparked a fire in us. And he, you know, encouraged us to do exhibitions. So we did the first exhibition in 2015. Um, and really, I had one of my friends tell me, oh, you know, nobody's going to be interested. Just do all Thursday and Friday. Because we were planning to do like maybe four days or so. No, no, nobody's going to see. Nobody wants to see that. So we did it anyway. And um, we did it at Bliss uh, on Wilkinson Road. And literally, the place was so crowded. People were sitting on the floor. Oh, you know, they ran out of food. They ran out of drinks. People were, you know, people wow. were really, really appreciative of it. Even though the art was not particularly good, you know, we were all starting. We just mm -hmm. came with what we had, and you know, but people really appreciated it. So that sort of um, gave us the um, the zeal, like the spark to to continue, you know. And um, it's been really good. I mean, I particularly enjoy when you know maybe we'll pull somebody off the street and bring them into the exhibition. Because, I mean, then there's a lot of people who've never been to an art exhibition, people who you'd think, you know, maybe they've traveled around the world, but they've never been to an art exhibition. Um, and that, for me, is like the best part, you know, um, bringing people in and just having them have a look around and then they begin to understand the value of art, you know, and, and it's great. It's, it's a way of, you know, having conversations with people, exploring different ideas, etc. So it's great. Yeah. No, I love the part about um, being told that nobody wants this, nobody's going to be interested. <laughs> because yeah. no, because with so many things in the in like that, you know, if this was, you know, in the 80s or the 70s or the 60s in Sierra Leone, nobody would say people aren't interested in right, art. Right. But because of like, you know, what happened with the decline yes. of art yeah. and just creative sector during the war, that people mm. for People forget arts. People forget the importance and how arts, 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 and, and creative expression are like an essential part of life, right? It's and very true, yeah. And so essential also for African life. Like we are mm -hmm. creative by by DNA. And right, so for you to right. say that you're gonna put on an exhibit and somebody's like, oh, people in a salon they don't like ato, they don't want to because. So many times, I mean, like it's it's a it's a theme. Like every time, I feel like somebody wants to start something new. Um, that, oh, yeah, there's this thing about how we're like, people will tell you nobody's interested in that. Nobody no wants right. that. Um, mm. But then oftentimes, what you find is that people just don't have access. So once you right. create the access, you can really be a catalyst for change. Um, right, and right. people will come. Um, and yeah, I remember hearing about it during, cause this was during Ebola that you did it. And it was right um, at the end, right after Ebola. Yeah, it was, right, yeah, it was yeah. like still at this time. And I feel like that's why even doing it then, you know, people needed a break from that. That's true. That's and, good timing. You know, yeah. Yeah. No, perfect timing. Um, yeah. how has the, over time, I mean, I know you had that, uh, initial kind of everybody just like really thirsting for this kind of outlet. But over time, how has the audience changed or their art collectors in Sierra Leone or people actually purchasing the art so that like the artists at least know that like this is a, because it's, you know, being a, a starving artist is only cool when you're not really starving. <laughs> so I think that's, a, that's a bit of a myth. <laughs> 
what has the response been um, in terms of like from the audience? Um, have you been able to curate or find like an open audience who are willing to pay for the art? Um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people that are actually interested. I mean, the people who buy the art here are about 50% local people and about 50% um, foreigners. Um, and at the last exhibition, for example, we had people that had never ever come to the exhibition or bought art. We're now becoming more uh, aware of it. And we sold quite a lot of pieces, you know, at quite high prices as well for Sierra Leone. Um, so, and there's still people who didn't know that we were doing exhibitions, even though this that was like, I think the 11th or 12th exhibition that we done. Um, and then we've had other groups of artists um, putting on exhibitions as well. You know, so it's like, it's growing. It's little by little, but it's beginning to grow. Because when we started, we were the only ones doing it up till about 2020. You know, we were the yeah. only people doing that. So it's wonderful. And I hope they start doing it up in, you know, up country and things like that as well. Um, Right. No, yeah. totally. I feel like I saw one recently. Um, I forgot the reunion arts or something. Yes, like that. reunion like, and then yeah. Bondumani, you know, Isatu and and um, yeah. No, I think it's as well. I think yeah. it's fabulous. And that's the thing about pioneering something, right? Like once yeah. there's that one person who becomes a point of reference that it is possible here. Um, yeah. Other people then will come into the space, and then it's better for everybody. The more players right. that there are in the um, the better it is for growth, for opportunities, and just like creating resources. So um, right. I've really enjoyed, I really enjoy seeing that. Um, for and the-, the thing with that is that also, I mean, we didn't sit around waiting for somebody to come in and help us or give us something to do. We just built it on our own because we believed in it. And we thought that we believed that we could do it. So it's like our own initiative. We don't have any people coming in from anywhere else, uh, you know, instructing us what to do or telling us how to do things. Yeah, no, 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 you're not waiting for any saviors, no, 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 The radio broadcast of the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast on Radio Democracy 98.1 is made possible with a generous grant from the Asma James Foundation. The Asma James Foundation empowers women and girls with mentorship, scholarship, and life skills training. To make Sierra Leone better for girls and girls in Sierra Leone better, visit the Asma James Foundation at asma, that's A-S-M-A-A, james.com. And now, let's go back to the show. Listen, listen, it's, it really is the only way. I mean, I tell people all the time that like, there really no one is coming to save you. And if someone exactly. is coming to save you, you better believe that they're taking a bigger chunk of right. whatever it is you're getting. And the only way to do this is really is to you do the grunt work. You know, it's a right. slow... It not it not get happen overnight. You get for ads, there'll be challenges, Absolutely but you not, really yeah. just you just gotta take that journey. Um yeah, and I hope that will inspire people, not not only in the arts, but in other sectors as well, to just get up and do it, you know, get up and yeah. do it and work on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um what is the theme around your own art? Um, what are you trying to say with your pieces? Um 
I mean, it's like they say that like art imitates life. And, you yeah. know, when I see your art, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if it's the art that's imitating life or it's the life that imitates art. Like, I feel like there's this like, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Like, I don't uh-huh. like, well, I feel like it's speaking too, but then it's also influenced by like, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much going on. Well, being an African woman, I think it's up to me and up to other African women to depict ourselves and to tell our own stories. We can't, you know, sit back and let other people do it. Uh, and another thing that really fascinates me is our African history. You know, um, looking back at, you know, like the ancient African writing systems, the um, the history from Egypt on down to, you know, the, the empires and, you know, to where we are. Because a lot of that is missing. You know, before I lived in, in Sierra Leone, I really didn't know anything about African history. Just, we just were not taught that in school. So I try to incorporate some of that in my art, um, particularly the writing systems. And um, there's a writing system called, uh, there's so many different writing systems just in West Africa alone. But there's one called the Bassa script. That's B-A-S-S-A. And um, it was used in the area that is now known as Sierra Leone and Liberia. And so I try to incorporate that because I've never seen anything like it. And I think it's beautiful and it speaks to me like on a spiritual level. And then it, it gives you an opportunity to pass that knowledge on to someone else because a lot of people don't know what it is. And, you know, so You've, I've heard it's of like Basta. advocating. I've yeah, heard of it's a language. In, Li- yeah. in Liberia, the language, in Liberia. but I've never, mm-hmm. I've never seen a script. It was um, written. It was a written script, I've you know. Seen, and I've seen maybe the Mende alphabet script that I've seen mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, yeah, when it comes to written, you know, we're all the story we all get told about Africa is like we don't have written, like oh, right, it's, it's like, all oral tradition. Africa, it's all oral, yeah, we don't, we're not ever right. oral tradition. I mean, when you think of the size of some of the empires, like the the Songhai Empire, the Mali Empire, all the trading that they used to do, what are they supposed to do? Just memorize it? You know, all your business transactions. I mean, these were they have, you know, they had courts, they had all sorts of things going on. You can't just memorize that stuff. So there must have been some way of writing it. Obviously, you know, if they were Muslim, maybe they had Arabic, but they also had, you know, indigenous scripts that are way older. I mean, all this, you know, civilization began in Africa. Writing systems began in Africa. But, you know, we don't learn this, especially when you're educated in the in the West. And I thought I was educated, but apparently I wasn't, you know, because I don't know anything about um, our own history. And so I, I love to, to include that sort of thing in my work. Like at the last exhibition, I had a painting about um, mitochondrial Eve, you know, the, the first woman that, you know, really gave birth to pretty much the whole of humanity. And it can be true. Tra- if everybody traces their DNA back, it comes back to this one woman, you know, and this is an African woman. Yet African women are, you know, not depicted that way in, in, in art. A lot of times you'll just see, you know, big booties, somebody carrying a baby on her back, somebody downtrodden. And there's another side that we need to show as well. I mean, there's nothing wrong with all that stuff. I'm not criticizing anybody. But um, there are other images that need to be projected as well. There's strength, there's power, there's, you know, um, elegance, I mean, beauty and all that. Yeah. You, you so. just triggered, you just triggered, you just triggered me. You just triggered me because... One of like the things that gets me about um, African women's representation in, in art is yeah. that like it's so binary. Um, right. It's one or the other thing. Either she's a virgin maiden with like mm-hmm. breasts up here and her yeah, ass like mm-hmm. that, so very yeah. 
young and objectified and sexualized, or it's mm-hmm. the other one where she's working, she's in labor, yeah, she's layered, yeah baby on the back, wood on her head, on the back, yeah. pounding something, carrying yeah. something. Mm-hmm. One of the things you rarely get to see in contemporary African art is first of all, like modern, like a modern African woman yeah. with arts so you know like in arts that i see it's like african women are not in modern times we're all rural and we're stuck in the village and exactly, that's where we are exactly exactly yeah and then the other thing is we're always working there's no pleasure mm-hmm. like you right. never see <laughs> like just like you know she's just there Sitting enjoying herself relaxing wine or something yeah in could they smoke cigarette yeah. you know like yeah you know and so that's that's really what draws me to your work sadly the one you know this indestructible the mitochondrial eve piece that you were talking about that i saw at your exhibit somebody yeah. else had bought it so that was just like yeah and then even previously there was another series you did that um there was a like a kind of like a digital element to it um that had okay. like it was like um i think this was not this oh with the bondage yeah, yeah the yeah, bondage yeah. with the ladies who were like addicted to well it's, it's about it was about our own addiction to yeah. like technology and, and yeah. you know cell phones and things like that you know yeah. i really could relate girl because you know i'm all like exactly we can all relate to that <laughs> you know <laughs> i was like hey, now we now we talk. Now we yeah. <laughs> but you know that's what i mean about like um the value of your work that for me it's that like I really, I can relate to it in a right. place that is very human uh, mm-hmm. versus like um, a caricature of and like some ideal of, you know, an African woman and what you're supposed to be, whatever, whatever. Um, so I mm. really, really appreciate your work, which is why I told you I was in Boston at a friend's okay, house. Okay, and you saw it at, at Yvonne's house. Yes, yeah. You, you, will not, you will not know what that did for me. Okay, you will not know. <laughs> Be like in Boston, um, it, you know, like, you know, you're mentally removed from home. In right, a way, like, right, right. And then to like turn around and to see this big piece of art. And I was like, wait, Asabi, Asabi, what? And I'm like, just like, well, you know, like, just like, so you're like, why is this looking it's so funny? Like, yes. And then I was like, oh my God, it's Howard James. <laughs> oh, the joy. The joy. It was so Thank great. You. It was like Thank everything. you. So, um, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we need, we need to take charge of our own narratives, you know? I mean, a lot of times with a lot of things. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's not no, just no, no, like as, as women, but even as the whole African continent, you know, and our how we present ourselves. Because, I mean, if we leave it up to the Western media, we're all poor, we're all sick, we're all, you know, in the middle of some kind of crisis or whatever. You know, I went to a show. It wasn't a, it was an event and there was an artist who had some work there. This was a number of years ago. And one of his paintings was of Bome. Bome is like a rubbish dump. Why would you paint that? We have got such a beautiful country. We've got beautiful people. But it's sort of like this narrative of poverty and all that stuff is what he's trying to reproduce. That's not. Why does that have to be us? Why can't you paint the beautiful beaches or the mountains or your mother or something proper? You know, why are you painting a rubbish dump? It was a rubbish dump with little what kids. Speak. It was very sad. I was very sad when I saw that. We will be right back after this short music break.
on the street or so I pour myself some coffee I run outside the door I'm working overtime I'm working overtime My lady boss Later in the evening Later in the evening Long after we close the store I pour myself some whiskey She said we gotta work some more that was by Kamara Jr. and the Voodoo Sniffers with Lady Boss. And now, let's head back to Make Certain Famous Podcast. How can artists, like, I feel like what I hear you talking about is just that, like, developing, like, a worldview and a perspective that allows you to see yourself through a different lens other than the one that a lot of us are conditioned to upon believe you. in. Yeah. How can artists, um, like start on learning these things like what's the process like how do you break away from that and try to yeah. work creating a new lens well that's that's really deep you know because i mean i think that goes all the way back to the beginning of the education system that we have in this country you know i mean i don't think kids learn here about african art all they're taught is from colonialism onwards like sierra leone was discovered by some portuguese explorer you know, come on. I mean, what happened before that? You know, were we not part of some other maybe empire or some other state or whatever before we became Sierra Leone? Sierra Leone isn't even, you know, it's a concept that it's a relic of, of colonialism. It's not mm-hmm. something that came from us, you know, it's it's right. it's foreign. And but we don't go beyond that, you know, so that we're already limited in that way. Um, I think each person needs to explore, to study, to research, to find out more, because you can use your art as a vehicle of, you know, making these statements. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough one, you know. But at the ballet, we there, we choose a theme. There, what are some of the resources that you've used, or that you've sought out, or that artists locally can use to kind of mm-hmm. go through this process? Are there resources? Um, well, I mean, it depends on what they're trying to say, you know, because, I mean, you could make art about anything, you know, so it, well, if you're trying to make a statement about something, I think you should try and learn about it before you can make a statement about it. Um, and, you know, maybe question, you know, maybe the knowledge that you already have, maybe ch- double check it. Is it actually accurate? Um, like in the ballet, what we do is we'll choose a theme before we have an exhibition. And so we'll get together and we'll discuss it you know, and we'll bounce ideas off each other. And, you know, this gets artists thinking about, you know, the work. And then each artist should produce at least one piece of work based on that theme, you know? So I think that gives the artist a, a chance to sit back and really think about um, what we're trying to say with that exhibition. Um, so I think that's a thought and maybe they can use that same thought process in, you know, the rest of their work. There's nothing wrong with, you know, putting out something that's beautiful as well. But, you know, also, I think it's you have an opportunity to use your art as um, a way of making some sort of statement or advocating for something. Who are the artists that have had, like, the most influence on your own work? Where do you draw inspiration? Um, wow. Um, so many, you know, so many. Some of the older stuff, like, you know. European artists um, like Picasso and things like that. Um, 
he's actually my favorite person. Um, and then other African, contemporary African artists and, you know, Black American artists as well. Um, there's an, an artist in Nigeria who I absolutely adore. His name is um, Joseph. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. I think it's E-Z-E -E or E-Z-E. -E. Um, he's, Eze. As, as, I don't know, it's, it's Igbo, Eze. I think, Igbo. Eze, is it Joseph? Yeah. Yeah. I will yeah, find a way no, to he, say it. <laughs> he's on Instagram, you know, I just love his work because he deals a lot with, especially, with, you know, the, ah, the African yes, woman, a beautiful, yes. beautiful, yes, beautiful these are work, gorgeous. Yeah, 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 so he's like, it's kind of very Afro-futuristic. Yeah, also with the traditional stuff in it, and also yeah. that it always looks very spiritual and, and wonderful, and, you know. And just... so it's like soft, yeah. it's intense, mm. but there's a like his gaze on women is very, yeah, very soft, it's really like it's great. coming That's from like... a place of like tenderness and adoration, yeah. like worship almost. It's like, um, yes, they put them up on a, on a pedestal. It's almost like this is like one of the few male, black male artists who can depict women, you know, in a, in a really wonderful way you know instead of that's um, beautiful let you know, me follow him right now yeah. he's excellent yeah. he's amazing yeah so is many there people, anything you know? else oh my goodness the list would go on and on and on you know <laughs> I, mean, I, love, I love you know Kehinde Wiley I love like some of the of wilder stuff you know yeah I can't even start at all you know Check How who I'm come... following on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> your Instagram. I'm gonna follow you. Go yeah. check out your Instagram feed and then follow everybody cool. you're following as an artist. Okay. <laughs> I mean, art. I mean, has art always been a part of your life? Because you did go and study law. So, um, mm -hmm. when have you always been an artist? Meaning, like your art was kind of always part of your life, or was there like a moment of discovery where you are like, okay, you know. I'm really interested in this. I want to like pursue it further. What, what, you know, how yeah, did the no. lawyer become an artist? Or was it that the artist, you were always an it's artist actually, and then you no. went to become a lawyer? I was an, an artist first. I studied art in, in school. When I finished high school, I went and did a foundation course. And that was like a big fight with my family. They didn't, they were not interested in that. Africans, you know, you, I don't know what your parents would have said if you wanted to become an artist. They would say, no, 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 what's wrong with you? You know, there's, there's no choice. You'd be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, this. Yeah, and your own mother too was a diplomat. So can you imagine? <laughs> Yeah, so um, my family would only agree, the closest I could get to art was to be a fashion designer. So it wasn't really my thing, but I go, I went in there and did it anyway, but then I found that I just did not belong there. You know, I mean, I like fashion and all that, but it wasn't my passion and I didn't feel driven by it, but I stuck with it for a, a while. And um, eventually I just realized I'm not, this is never gonna work for me. So then I became a lawyer um which is, is good as well i mean i liked it no it's not it was i took it took a long time it was like really a long decision to mm -hmm. uh, you know decide okay i'll go and do the law degree go to the bar and all that um but if, even that i found it to be very creative you know i did litigation so it's like that's a performance it's a performance you know you go you're the screenwriter you're the director you're the actor you know you got your witnesses lined up you have to you know put on a you put you're putting this, on a this, show really i mean you know this, so. this, this is the first inter <laughs> We will
will be right back after this short message from our brand partner, The Dollhouse Boutique. The Make Serially Unfamous podcast is supported by The Dollhouse Boutique, an American household brand for one-of-a-kind fashion and bespoke creations. Find your next stylish look at shopdollhouseboutique.com. We have stores in Baltimore, Maryland and Los Angeles, California, showing the best of local designers. Our first international fashion boutique opens in Sierra Leone in 2022. Until then, find us on Instagram at dollhousemtvernon. That's dollhousemtvernon. And now, make we go back to the show. This is the first time I've seen law described with such like, yeah, with I mean, such like you know, colors. It's, it's, drama. It's, it's drama. Although you have to know the law, you have to know your case, you got to know the witnesses, you got to know what to say, you know, but um, it's it's drama. I mean, picking a jury no, is drama. No, I get it. It, it, it. When you say it, when you say yeah. it, I see it. It, it, is a, it is a production. It is a production and you are telling a st- story and you are trying to like, you know, paint a picture. Um, right. Or, you In know, the, the way that you want it painted. Or, or yeah. Or whoever. So, I definitely, um, I definitely see how it's this, mm. it's this performance, but I definitely would right. not have thought that, that that's okay. definitely not the first part of it that comes For to my me, mind. That's, that's um, the way that I've always seen talking about it. being a lawyer, that it's, you know, yeah. this production, it's a show where you get to play all these different roles. Um, right. Who are the younger artists in Sierra Leone that you feel like um, really have a perspective or point of view that are your favorites that you feel like you uh, think really have a great new um, perspective or fresh or that people should be keeping an eye out for? Um, I think, I, I mean, I don't want to like name names or, you know, leave people out or, you know, get myself into some okay. kind of trouble. So I think like, I mean, everybody that's in the ballet has really come a long way. They're really good. You know, there's a, they, they're developing, you know, um, even some of them that don't show up for exhibitions and stuff really, you know, they got so much potential, you know, so much skill. One of the things that maybe, you know, maybe an issue is like, as we were talking about before is creativity is not it's not integrated into the education system. So you might find artists that are copying other people's work and things like that. But I mean, it shows that they have this skill, but I mean, you need to learn to find your own voice and say what you have to say. We're all unique, you know? So, mm-hmm. but this is something that, you know, it's not, you know, we don't, we don't grow up with that in the education system. I mean, like course, when you walk course. down the street, you see people selling stuff and they all doing it in exactly the same way. You know, they're all you know, like I remember like when I first came, you seeing this person with the chewing gum, they had a little box and they cut all the packets out and, you know, put them on top of the box and you could see all this look like decor. But then you turn around, everybody's done the same thing. You know, people don't mm-hmm. think creatively and like, let me be a little bit different. You know, right. oh, it's always. I know you've tried to shy away from this question, which is fine. I understand as the curator, you cannot be seen to be playing favorites of anybody. Right. Okay, for somebody yeah. who's never been to the Barry Arts, why don't you tell us who the artists are, um, who the artists are and something about their work that would allow somebody to understand, you know, what to expect, who's doing sculpture, who's doing, you know, acrylic work, who's doing um, 
digital arts, like, you know, who are the artists and yeah. who to be looking yeah. out for? And we can talk okay. about all of them because I'm here for that. Okay. So, well, the setup has changed, you know, and it does change. It's like a rotating thing. And we try mm -hmm. to bring in different people. They might not be like born in Sierra Leone, but they're related, they're connected to Sierra Leone. People come mm -hmm. in and out and, you know, you know, we try sure. to get as many people involved as possible. I think that makes it uh, more interesting and, you know, it sort of widens the, the base of friendships and, and, and networks as well. So let's talk about the artists who were in the last exhibition. So in yeah, the indestructible um, yeah. exhibition. So let's talk so about got, those ones. Okay, so then we've got Julius Parker. He does um, batik work. He does um, paintings in um, watercolor. He also does cartoons and he's multi-talented. He's really, really good. I mean, his batik is just masterful. You know, you look at all the detail, the color, and you know, it's such a long process to create a batik, you know, and um, it's, you know, you go through the different stages with the colors, yet he is able to retain so much detail and so much um, purity of color. And they're just amazing. I don't know if you remember seeing them. And then he I've seen, the, I think I know, I've seen his, um, I have my friend, Edeline has a couple of his pieces. Oh, yeah. I it's, believe. Of his own, it's, like, yeah. it's like fabulous. It's really exactly. fabulous. It's exactly. just like yeah. definitely a collector's item. It's one of those pieces. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like if I was leaving Sierra Leone or I went to Sierra yeah. Leone and I wanted to have something to showcase, like this is Sierra Leone, definitely. I would definitely want one of his pieces. So yeah. yeah, I didn't know his I name, mean, but thank you for yeah, it's for Julius, Julius, Parker. Julius, and Julius. Yeah, I have a number of his pieces of work as well. You know, I struggle. I'm like, ah, I really want this piece, but you know, I, <laughs> I do buy his work. You know, um, okay. and then there was Felix, Felix Rhodes. Felix is um, he's really amazing too. He's like very expressive in his work. He explores a lot of different, you know, types of things. A lot of it is very detailed and complex, you know, like uh, landscapes with people. And he likes to talk a lot about um, Sierra Leone in his paintings, the local, his neighborhood and, you know, the people that he sees around him and things like that. Who are you talking about, Felix? Felix Rhodes, yeah. And sometimes you know, it's a mix Felix and I were them. in school together briefly. Okay. We were in school together very briefly, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like very a mixture of, of, of like realism and abstract, you know, all woven together and just like a very, yeah, I mean, it's always very poignant, eye-catching and all that. And he's always experimenting and always getting bigger and, and doing different things. So it's, he's definitely one to watch. Um, who else was in that room? Shaka Kalon. Shaka is, is extremely skilled. Um, his, um, he does wor work with um, realism, you know, like um, especially local scenery and things like that. And he also does like a lot of murals and things like that. Um, and then there was... Um, Snazzy Mustafa uh, Marie Conte, who you bought the masks from. Yeah, so he was yes. with us from right from the very first exhibition, doing a lot of um, graphite pencil work. Um, and then he went away for a while and he came back with a bang with those masks. Those just blew everybody away. I they were love really awesome. Yeah. I love <laughs> I, I mean, they're still in a box because yeah. the money put, the building that the the place that I want to put them up on is not yet ready. Okay. But like, <laughs> trust me, people go see these masks. Like, they they're, they're awesome, <laughs> just awesome. Yeah, 
Let you know, it's sort of like adding value to, you know, whatever mm-hmm. existed before. Yeah. Um, a number of, we had a number of guest artists this time as well, like um, Mina Bilkis. She's a okay, photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those were like really, really, it was her first exhibition. So they were really um, photo- photographs that made a huge statement, you know, um, mm-hmm. against, um, I guess, against the patriarchy, uh, feminist mm-hmm. statements. And, you know, like a lot of people, you could see people walk into the exhibition and they'll see one of her photographs and they jump back, you know, so you know right. that it's having an impact and getting people's, you know, attention. Um, who else was a guest? We Half had Francis. Yeah, okay, yes, I'm trying, I'm moving down. I'm trying oh, to so yes, okay, on the way. okay, I'm okay, down okay sure, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm Francis. Francis is well established here in, in Syria and he does a lot of the, what they call the bodos and, you know, a lot of other things. And so we had invited him, we'd inv- been inviting him for a while, you know, so finally this time he accepted um, to be part of it. We also had somebody called Celine Decash, who um, she works in marketing in with um, Afrocell. Um, but she also paints, so she does a lot of abstract stuff. And, you know, like people don't really get exposed to that much here. So people were really amazed, really loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, her use of color and the movement in her paintings, etc. Um, okay, let's move down. We're now in the main room. There's Rania and um, Manal and Hafsatu. Hafsatu was, when I first met her, she was working at Radisson, you know. Yes, um, me too, actually. And then, you know, I started doing um, life drawing classes. So she yeah. started attending those classes. And, yeah, I saw wow, that you were teaching in, her. So yeah, like her we're prog- doing like life drawing. What amazed oh, me about yeah. her yeah. is her progress in like a short exactly. amount of it blew never my seen mind. Somebody like, so dedicated to to being successful at, at what they're doing, and she's just like just yeah blown up. You know, she's no, amazing. Totally, absolutely. And her, yeah. you know, I'm so happy that she decided to stick with it. You know, because obviously she had all this inside of her, and you know, and Radisson wasn't working for her. You know, so she, <laughs> yeah. now she's she's into digital art now as well, yeah. which is something that I find quite fascinating as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, her work is just, it really speaks to you. It's sort of like, she's on that Afro-futurism path, you know, it's lots of color, mm-hmm. strong yep. black, you know, imagery and things like that. So it's yeah. really, really beautiful. Um, and then there's Rania, Rania paints on glass. Um, she is, she's a Syrian Lebanese, um, born and bred, speaks every language we have in this country. You know, somebody tried to challenge her at one of our exhibitions, like, you're not Syrian. And, and she spoke to them in Timini, and then she spoke to them in Mende. So, you know, they just shut up after that. You know, so she's um, she works with glass. And um, that's like a really time-consuming um, activity. You know, you have to, she goes through all her processes of getting the image and, you know, dividing up the colors and, you know, painting. And, and she's really, really productive. She does a lot of work. She's been doing a lot of work with the government, especially because, you know, she creates like um, things that they use as gifts for like foreign dignitaries yeah. and you know, foreign corporations yeah. and things like that. So yeah, they're really, you know, she can really um, create a lot of stuff with that. And then there's Manal. Manal is, um, I think she's a doctor or pharmacist in her other life. Yeah, pharmacist. Um, but yeah. as an artist, wow. Um, she has a, like an amazing sense of color. She's very unique in, in the work that she produces, you know. Um, she always, it, it always catches your attention, but definitely her use of color is just stunning, you know. So definitely another one to look out for. No, I think what's amazing. 
I, no, in the room, not everybody yeah. who was in the room. I, I, now, when you did it by the Everyone. room, who was there, yeah. I feel like I did, because I went to the exhibit, I'm like, yep, yeah. Felix was in the first room, came out, Mustafa. Yeah, and like, hey. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think and you then them just me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, girl. Yes, of course, it's you. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, I, I big, I big. No, no, I'm <laughs> like what you hear don't forget to leave us a review your reviews make it easier for others to find this podcast don't forget to share it with your friends and family What's next for the collective and for you? What's coming up next? I know you've already you just finished. And so if you're doing two exhibits, um, what's um, coming up next for you and your arts and also for the collective? Yeah, well, I need to really focus on being a lot more productive because um, you can get so distracted in this place, you know? Um, so like most times I work in the evenings at night, I like work overnight, you know? Um, I, as I said, I have, I'm part of other collectives as well. So that gives me an opportunity, first of all, to work in NFTs and um, also to do more work outside of Sierra Leone. So we recently did the hack in, in Paris and we've got a few other things lined up, which, you know, are kind of exciting. Um, and just to continue to expand, you know, to create the sort of work that I, I you know, want to create. Like in the beginning, you know, I was trying to, I had like an idea in my head, but by the time I'm finished the painting, it doesn't look like anything, you know, like what I initially started off with. So now I think I'm getting closer to, you know, conceiving something and actually being able to execute it. Um, so awesome. to continue to learn and to improve for myself, you know, for the ballet, we'll continue to do exhibits. It would be nice if we could focus, you know, um, and on doing also solo exhibits, because that's really important for an artist as well yeah. to have that sort of thing done. So we're trying to look into ways of getting that set up. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things now, well, a lot of new things happening in the art mm -hmm. scene. So I hope that continues and it continues to grow. I think, um, we've inspired people to um, explore these things, you know, to, to, you know, maybe try their hand at, at it. Cause even, like even me, when I first started um, with the ballet, cause it started with another idea as well that I had with to do with business bomba, you know, and it was involved a bit of African art. So I was trying to like get artists together. I hadn't painted myself for years. And um, I was trying to put together artists to get like a little gallery or something. And, um, mm -hmm. but the artwork that I was seeing was, you know, like, wow, this is just, it's just not that great, you know? So I decided, let me try, let me see if I can, you know, do something. And so that's what actually got me started um, in the, back into painting from, you know, mm -hmm. like not being able to get the kind of work that I wanted. Not that I started off great or anything, but, you know, from there, you know, um, it led me on a path to continually practice and get better and better and better. You know? So like, I mean, the quality of the work of the last exhibition for all the artists, so much, I mean, it's radically different from what we started off with, say at that very first exhibition, you know? So there's improvement. There's a whole, a whole load of change has taken place within the ballet and within the country. You know? so no, that's, um, yeah, that's joy to my ears. I love it because, you know, it's 
the conversation around, you know, what people could do and can do in a place like Sierra Leone is always and for a long time been so limited to, you know, law and how many lawyers can you even have in one country um, and, you know, or, or politics, like it's just like mm. so small. And I think the more the more growth there is in this in the creative sector, um, the more people can experiment also just out of if artists are making a living from arts, then somebody who's a musician also will break away and say, you know, well, I really like music. If people are making money from art, maybe I could also make a living from my passion for music. And somebody else who's a chef who has a passion for food. Like, it's just like this whole kind of create the creative ecosystem then becomes, yeah, but, you know, Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm, I know what I'm saying is that creativity spans, you know, all sectors. I mean, like if mm -hmm. you're in technology, if you're creating uh, iPhones, for example, that's that's pure art, pretty much. Um, well, yeah, apart from the design, technical side, yeah, absolutely. It, it distinguishes an iPhone from, let's say, something else. You know, the, the the artwork and the design that went into that. You know, and like designing a car, or whatever houses. I mean, you look yeah. around here, especially our houses are quite ugly in this country. You know, I think that <laughs> it's true. Girl. Oh, no. Oh, oh, you're ugly. Okay, yeah. People don't want to hire architects, you know, because they think could use some more imagination instead of thinking, as I said, everybody has this idea of this is the way it's supposed to be. We need to nurture children to think creatively. I think creativity helps you to think outside the box instead of just thinking this is the way it's supposed to be. Somebody made pots for me the other day. You know, the same pot that everybody else has because I wanted them to use um, when they're doing the cooking. And um, I was like, can't you design it in a different way? Can we work together and maybe do some kind of different mm -hmm. design? He was like, no, this is the way the pot is made. And that was it, you know? So, I mean, you can't do anything. Another thing that I'm really obsessed with is these pan bodies. You know, I mean, they just like slap the thing together. Those things could be so beautiful. If you use your imagination, you could make a right. really pretty bad body. You know, it, could, it doesn't have to look like that. A, a Everything little is style and panache. Yeah. A little style and panache. Like it could just, it just, yeah, just put the thing together in a different way. Yeah. You know, so this creativity, I think when we've started, I think it will start to filter down into the rest of society. You know, people will start, taking more interest in the aesthetics of things instead of just the functionality of it. You know, so I, I listen, think it will you, you are, you are absolutely preaching to the choir. I'm sold. I'm okay. with you. <laughs> um, no, I'm all about, I'm, I'm about, I mean, the reason why this entire season of the podcast is about creativity and creative entrepreneurs is really because, um, if we spotlight the people who are doing artistic work and creative work and give yeah. it the kind of honor and regard it deserves and people understand like, no, this is, people need to see what's being done. People need to hear about it so that they understand that like, there is really a bigger movement than just because right. they're not seeing it in traditional media doesn't mean it's not there, but there really is a bigger movement in the in this period of Sierra Leone's like modern Sierra Leonean culture, there's a lot going on. Um, and I want to yeah. set fire and like make sure it explodes. Okay. So we've come to the final part of okay. today's show, <laughs> which is 
Uh, it's called On the Six. So On the Six, I ask you six questions and you oh, have God. six seconds. <laughs> Fast fire <Okay>. questions. <laughs> and you have six seconds to like say something. So I'm just going to mm. ask you the question and you say um, exactly the first thing that comes to your first mind. Kind of psychological yeah, first... test. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is Make Sure mm -hmm. the Famous Podcast on the six with artist Hawa Jane. Okay. What is your favorite Sierra Leonean parable or expression? I was saying that one thing that I say a lot is I say, and people make fun of me for that when I'm speaking Creole, anything they say, I say, I say, you know, whatever. So, okay. yeah. Next yeah. question. In two sentences, tell me the plot of the last movie you watched. I don't really watch a lot of movies. I was watching Planet of the Apes, um, like a really old one. Um, oh, okay. I really think that that's like, you know, it tells you about, um, <laughs> I think it's like a lost history that's being rediscovered. So I find some parallels with the whole African journey, you know, so yeah. Okay. Like these people um, all right. What and... song are you listening to right now on repeat? So like what song are you playing over and over again? Thank you. I'm too old for that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, music? Uh, You're too old for music? No way. I mean, it wouldn't be something that no, none of your listeners would have heard about it. You know, um, I like to listen to a lot of jazz sometimes, like Miles Davis or, you know, okay. like older stuff like Shaka Khan and, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, so. we know Miles Davis, girl. We know. Okay. 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 <laughs> or sometimes the 80s stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, when you want to quit, what keeps you going? Um, I'm not a quitter. I don't quit. I just find other ways to uh, you turn anything that's like an obstacle into something that will help me grow. I don't like to quit. All right. Um, what's one thing you... What's one thing you've been meaning to do that you still haven't done? Ooh. Oh, lots of things, girl. So many things. <laughs> that's why you can just tell us one. Oh, geez. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'd like to take a long vacation and I want to go to Mexico and things like that. It's just crazy stuff, you know, but there's lots of things. Okay. You know. And last and def not last, but not the least, who is one Sierra Leonean dead or alive um, that inspires you? Hmm. Um, I want to see one person and then leave another person out. Oh. I just say my mother. My mother inspires me. <laughs> Tell us about your mother. Who was um, she and what did she do? Yeah, her name was um, Fama Jokabangura. Um, my mother was born on a rock in the river. Do you know that? And yet she was like one of the first people, first women from the provinces to be admitted. Uh, she was the first to be admitted to like secondary school in, in Freetown at FSSG. And, you know, she did really well there. She, you know, she ended up, you know, pursuing like diplomacy. She was an ambassador. She worked in different countries representing Sierra Leone. She was a real boss lady, you know, and a nice person. And yeah. And <laughs> yeah, she was so she also went from, really like, yeah. fabulous. Woo! Yeah, outfits, very elegant. Girl. And, outfits, you know, like a clothes horse, you know. The she clothes, met the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> All over the world. So, yeah, she's my inspiration. Thank I'm sorry, you. I'm not really good at your six by six. It's okay. There's no I'm wrong answers. There's your answer. <laughs> um, 
Thank you so much for making the time. Um, This has been a fascinating conversation. I know that our audience is better off for having heard your words and your guidance and also discovering all these artists because I think it's so important. Um, So yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna keep my eye out for your next exhibit, your next show. I follow you on Instagram. So, and I know you have my WhatsApp. So yeah, absolutely. um, Let us know what's going on. Yeah important so thank you so much for coming on the show thanks Vicky. thank you and thanks, thanks. thank you thank you for listening to the make salient famous podcast until next time ta-ta.